Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Recorded live. We just thank and praise God for today and all that he is doing in our lives. Amen. And I thank you. I want you to hold up your Bibles and say, this is my Bible. I read it every day. I boldly speak the word. I live the word. It's a part of my daily walk with the Lord. Just giving God the praise and honor. I want you to turn in your Bible to the book of John, chapter 20, reading verse number 29. Have it set on your feet, don't you can. And it says, Jesus said unto him, talking to Thomas, he says, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed. Talking about from doubt to belief. Amen. Say, I am no longer in doubt, but in belief. You may be seated. Amen. He says, blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed. That's a powerful statement, y'all. Because Thomas, you know, the, the thing with Thomas, he says, I'm not going to believe that he is resurrected until I can see for myself. I want to see the nail prints in his hand. I want to see all of that. Then I will know for sure that it is he. Amen? Aren't we sometimes like that? Amen? Because people can come and say, did you know that the old wine old down on the street, that homeless person is now preaching? Haven't had a drink nor a fix in X amount of time. Some would say, I don't believe it. I need to see that because I know what they did to me. I'm not going to take you at your word. I'm not going to even do so and so and so, but I must see it. But this is, as I said, this is how we are sometimes. In John 20 and 29, Jesus said, Blessed are they who have not seen but believed on him. For the natural man, that is impossible. 
Because natural men must see to believe, and yet some who do see still don't believe. Amen? Because there are times when people have been healed, delivered, or set free. You knew them in their before state, and you've seen them in the present state, and you still don't believe it. And most people would say, some people I should say, would say, they really wasn't sick to begin with. Let me put it kind of real to you. You're watching television, and you see a prophet evangelist, a pastor, or someone come in, and they were in a wheelchair, and somehow the power of God fell and hit them. And they get up. They push that wheelchair around, or they throw the crutches down. And you see them, and you're saying, ah, oh, that's not true. They were never in the wheelchair to begin with. Because there have been times when, when sad to say, some ministers have pulled gimmicks and trickery in order to bring a crowd of people in that does that. But that does not mean that God cannot do that. I remember in my younger days when there was a gentleman at my church and his wife, he was in a car accident, and he was paralyzed from the waist down, and he had been in that wheelchair because of that accident for several months, almost a year. But one day in the midst of a powerful service, all of God's services are powerful. It's just who want to tap into that atmosphere of healing. Because everything that God does is powerful. But one day in the services, as the word of God was being proclaimed, he started crying. My bishop, Pastor Richard Elsie, told him, and came and said, take my hand and get up with the chair. He did. Then you might say, well, is it true? Well, let me tell you this. At that time, my, me and my husband, we were elders in the church. And they were assigned to us by territory. We had that particular section of the city to care for them. So we knew when he had had the accident and how the saints of God was praying to spare his life. They didn't have the jaws of this to come and cut them out the car. They didn't have to But he got out, but he was paralyzed. But his wife and their children, they leave with him that he wasn't going to ever be in that wheelchair. But lo and behold, he got up out of the chair that day and began to dance. Then the critics were also there, the AKA, also known as our saints who did believe it. But they knew him before and knew him after the accident. And they were saying that he was always in the house dancing and running and stuff like that. And they didn't believe it. And I'm, I'm saying, was that our care? We were held responsible for doing the home visit, the hospital visit, to taking the food there, 
to go and minister to them. They were part of our little section that we had. We had home church things, home self groups. And we knew the real story. Those saints that were there saw the miracle and still did not believe. In John chapter 4, verse 48, it says, Then said Jesus unto him, Except ye see signs and wonders, ye will not believe. Is he not talking about some of us today? Unless we could see a sign and say this or that, we, we still don't believe that Jesus is Lord, and that he was not just a mere man. He's our redeemer. In the book of 1 Peter, chapter 1, and verse number 8, 1 Peter, chapter 1, verse number 8, I want you to start reading at verse 7, it says, the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perishes, though it be tried with fire, might be fallen unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Whom having not seen, ye love, and whom though now ye see him what not, yet believing, you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Let me tell you this. We have not seen Jesus in the flesh. We were not there when he walked the earth. But we believe by faith. And we are happy about it because he says, blessed, leaving happy. Of those that have not even seen me, and yet they believe. Let me tell you, when Jesus came and he saved my soul from the lake of fire. The songwriter said my words, oh, happy day. When Jesus washed my sins away. I don't know what color he is, but it is of no importance. Because I was sinking in sin, far from a peaceful shore. I was sinking deep in sin. But then a master came, and he lifted me up out of that sea. Do you think I'm caring who it is? I don't care. I don't care who he is, what color he is. I don't care what nationality he is. When I needed help, he was there. I have not seen him, but his words have so infused my life that I am no longer the same. I have been rearranged. My name has been written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Whom have not seen you, love, I love that name, thank you. And whom though now ye see him not, come on. Yet I believe and I rejoice with joy, what? Unspeakable and full of glory. I'm not ashamed. See, Paul says in the book of Romans, he says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus. For what is my will? Let me tell you, if you were once a little mealy mouse and you didn't have enough strength and you were scared to do something, when Jesus came into your life, you become as bold as a lion or a lioness. Yes, you do. Because 
I drove in my car yesterday. Yesterday, I said, Lord, I'm looking for a certain item at a certain price. That's what I was saying. In my mind, I saw my hand touching the certain thing at that certain price. And it was so firm in my heart that I heard the Lord say, go to that store. I went to that store, and I made a statement. I'm not going to be here no long time. I'm not going to shop and look. I'm not going to do this. I went right to the department that I wanted to go to, and I went right in there. And the thing about it is just this. I looked at this. It was one price. I said, it looks good. This one was a little less. I looked at that one a little less. And looked at that one a little less, and God told me in my heart to reaffirm. He says, your price. All the other things were at another price except for the one thing that I wanted. It was the right color, the right size, and the same price that God had spoken to my heart. We're talking about yesterday. Do I have a witness? My grandkids was with me. The thing of it is just this. To know that God will be a provider has to go from doubt to belief. So how do you get from doubt to belief? All right? In order for your faith to increase, because faith comes by hearing, but you've got to put yourself in a position to be there with the fast words of being preached. In order that you can watch, have the faith of your increase. The Bible says that revelation that was came by the blood of Jesus and by that testimony. So I put into practice what I'm believing for. If you don't get it, that don't mean that God is alive. It just doesn't mean that your faith got to increase. I cannot receive a million dollars if I don't have a dollar faith. Come on. I'm not going to take a chance on a lottery when you got 600 million people for the same thing. But if I believe God for a dollar and my faith is to the point that he produces a dollar every time, I have to be able to pass on. Then you put it into practice what you believe in for. How do you get from doubt to faith? If you never stop to put into practice, you'll never get there. The word of God cannot lie. It says in the book of James, you must be a hearer and a doer of God's word. Once you hear what God says, it resonates in your spirit, and you begin to walk in that what God has promised you. Amen? Amen. 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 Amen, amen. Amen. That was why Amen Carl came up here to the altar and tell me, hey, amen, amen, amen. Appreciate that. But if you never put into practice, uh, you'll never get it. You'll never get your next level if you don't begin to call it into the atmosphere now. I'm so sick and tired of people saying these bad baby kids. 
then you will forever have bad behaviors. If you cannot speak over them, spiritual sorrow, them that speaking to the atmosphere where they should be, you'll never see it. My heart is filled because the song that God gave me this morning was, I thank him for saving my family. And I began to thank him for it. Now, some of my family have not gotten there yet by man's eye. But I look beyond and I see what God calls them. And I speak it into existence every day. You know what I'm saying? I don't care how they run around. Lord, I thank you for that same son and that same daughter that you have given to me. None will be lost. I just, it just does something for me. You must first believe in your heart that you are saved and you must trust God. Amen. In the book of John, chapter 3, verse 8, it says that the wind blows where it's listed, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but cannot tell whence it comes and whether it goes. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. Amen. Now, let me tell you this. I cannot see that wind outside, but I will see the results of it. I see the trees moving in it. I feel it. I know it's the wind. So it is with faith. You have to get to a point, I don't mean repetitions, that you're going to have to try God at his word. I'm going to say this for you. If you cannot believe that God can have somebody knock on your door and bring your food to eat. Where are you going to go? I'm standing by faith that says that if you believe God, then God will do what you can't hide around. If you can't put your confidence and offer a lot walking with Christ. I don't care how much you love him. I don't care how much. Or how long you've been friends with him. And then I'm believing in God that I'm not stepping out on faith with you. Why are you putting confidence in them? Let me just help you to something. If you have something and I'm going to ask you to touch and agree with me on something. Now, we're rejoicing with joy unspeakable. And I say, would you touch and agree with me? With this matter, and I take you into my confidence, and me, you, you, me, you understand? And then all of a sudden they say, but you know, you don't have that exactly. And I'm not trying to burst your bubble now. But you know, I've been around a little bit, and I've seen some people that went out on a limb, and they fail, and they don't have it today. Uh, are, are, are you sure? Now, you know, ain't no reason why you could buy that, and, and you know, you know, God helps those that help themselves, you know, and all of that, and you say, okay, but, you know, I, I just want you to believe that, you know, I, I, I said, yeah, but, you know, uh, but they got that program over there. Why don't you go there with them? Now, why are you going to hook up your prayer with them? 
Thus, doubt has already come in. You've already smelled the doubt. You've seen the doubt. You heard the doubt. You know, you know. So why you don't look with the doubt? You see what I'm saying? The thing about it is, to get from that doubt, you put your faith in somebody else. That somebody else is Jesus. If the scripture says, if any two touch and agree, he didn't say, if any two, you just hold hands and be walking and wobbling and rolling over here. James come back and says it in, in the book of James chapter 1, you know, any man that thinks he's going to receive it, he's doubting in his heart, he's like the seal. No, let me read it because some of y'all looking at me. Let me read this here for those who, who don't know what I'm saying. Okay. In James chapter 1, okay, I start reading it. At verse number five, it says, if any of you lack wisdom, let them ask of God. They give it to all men liberally. And I'm greater not, and it shall be given to him. Look at verse number six. But let him ask prayer and faith, nothing wavering. What's the next word? For he that wavers is like a what? A wave of the sea. Now, a wave of the sea is just not still, right? Okay. He says, driven with the wind and tossed. But let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. Ooh, look at number eight. Ooh, is it a double-minded man? He's got several that hold his way. So what is he saying to you? If you're coming to God and you're trying to get from doubt to belief, and then you keep wavering, come on. Every time you wave to the left or to the right, you're not going to get it. Let me ask you this question. You don't have to show a hand, but let me ask you this. When it comes to making a, a decision, it's not, not for a house call. It could just be, uh, should I get these pair of shoes or not, okay? Let's make it really simple, okay? It should fit all right. Now, the thing about it is, if you want that shoes, but you've got to neglect one of your bills to get it, do you really want to shoot? But what will we do? Okay, the thing about it is that there are only but three voices that you'll ever hear. You can read about the eight, nine, ten voices. No, it's only three. It's God, you, and then the enemy. Now, you already know the enemy voice. You know, the devil tree goes, hang yourself. You ain't going to do that. You know, they never keep it me, son. But the thing about it is that you see this as sure as these shoes. I've been looking for this shoe, and is that the price that I want? Oh, man, I remember somebody saying God brought this to them, and they got it while the opportunity was there. They went and got it. Well, I see these shoes, and the opportunity is here. Should I get it? But then all of a sudden, uh, uh, you know, you say, I owe them 120 and the shoes cost 70 uh, I wonder if they make payment plans. Uh, uh, um, you know, but the thing about it is, what voice do you listen there? You listen to yourself. You get the shoes. You get them home, and guess what? You don't want them anymore. Come on. They won't sell, and they don't give you back full price. They won't give you a credit. You don't the time you've been at this stuff. You don't like nothing else, and then you say, I don't want credit. So you stuff like junk with them shoes. Okay, to get some down to faith, you have to listen to the Lord say, don't you let your lights be turned off, don't let your gas be turned off, don't let him in there, you don't need those shoes. Why don't say shoes polish them up, but for what I love. To 
get from doubt to believe, you have to know the word of God. And so put it into practice. Yield not to temptation, for yielding is sin. Amen? Okay, we're there on that. To get from doubt to belief, you must put into practice. A lot of times we're going through situations, but guess what happens? We want to bring in the wrong person. If you think, if you think, the inner little thing about it that makes you feel like I shouldn't, then that's God telling you not to. Have you heard that? Let me check that again. If you're wondering or questioning to do something and something is not just right, you don't have the full yes in your spirit, you know what that means? Leave it alone. Leave it alone because that is the Holy Spirit. I shouldn't say, no, let me tell you, if it's truly from God, you'll get it. But if you got to, oh, uh, don't vacillate on it. No, uh-uh. Because God will bring it, up, bring it to, to you without restraint. You know, the, the Bible says the blessings of the Lord, what? Make it rich and what? Add it's no sorrow. I know plenty of people that have bought things and they got the sorrow with it. They say, this is from God. I said, no, they ain't heard the scriptures. It says, what God bless you with. You ain't going to bring sorrow about it. You ain't going to be trying to pay a $1,000 car, no. You know, and your income is seven fifty. dollars Oh, you don't believe God for that plus rent, for a flight, for a gas, for food and insurance and everything. God don't work like that. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. In James chapter 2, verse 14, 17, and 26, says James 2, we were just over in a minute. I want to read verse 14. And it says, what does it profit, my brother, though a man say he has what? Faith and have not worked. Can faith save him? Come on, look at this. In verse 17, what does it say? Even so, faith, if it has not worked, what? It is dead, being alone. Look at 26. It says this, for as the body without the spirit is dead, so what? So faith without words is dead also. So what we're saying in this passage faith, okay? Don't, and I believe, thing for somebody. You with me? Don't, don't hang out where faith goes. And faith will never take you to doubt. Because once you trust it in God, you're going to be trusting him always. You with me? So what I'm saying, in order for you to believe that God is a sustainer and a provider, what do you have to do? You have to know who he is and who you are with him. It's one thing to quote all the time, my God shall supply, Philippians 4, 19, all my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. But you're doubting if he can. If you cannot believe that God will call somebody to your front door, and bring your bag of groceries. How are you going to believe that he's Jehovah Jireh, your provider? You cannot believe that. Let me tell you something. I've heard and read and met people that within their house crying out to God at 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning, somebody knocks on the door and so I was compelled to bring you a gallon of milk and a box of pamphlets. But that's all I want and lift. That person was inside saying, Lord, I don't know what I'm going to do for my child. And so you, you just don't believe me. God is real, y'all. And so I need to trust him in this part of my life. 
my experience being in my younger 20s and 30s and 40s is different now that I'm in my 60s. You understand? So let me put it this way. There was a time when I was going through and a low point in my life. Didn't have the money, just barely surviving. But in my survival mode, I'm teaching somebody about Jesus. Parents, if you don't live the life before your children, when they just up attitudes come to you, why are you having a fit? Do you understand what I'm saying? Well, mama done prayed and mama done prayed and they live in a life. Kids might rebel, but they go turn right. Charlotte, my daughter, said, Mama Teresa's mama put her out. She don't have any place to go because she's had Brittany. But mama, I told her she can come live with us. You're a minister. And they can't shake it come stand here with you. Me and my sister was separated. I didn't have money nowhere. Bills was due my wanted foreclosed on home. And this child had told this girl that she can go stay with us and bring her baby to. But she said, you're a minister, seeing how people have come and live with you and how you've helped. You know, I, I, didn't, I didn't have an attitude check problem. I didn't go and, you know, what you talking about with this? You know, I didn't have one of those moments. But the thing about it is, since I said, okay, Teresa and Brittany live with me. She did not know the Hebrew boys, nor David and Goliath. But in my time, I was holding Bible class inside my house. This is a miracle. I'm three notes behind in my home, ready to foreclose. A person comes to my house and gives me a check for a three months' rent. A couple thousand dollars. As for a hug, I gave her a hug. She said, you give me a better hug than that. I gave a squeeze, 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 squeeze her. And she said, you paid me back. And I looked at her husband. You know, he said, if she said it, that's fine. But for six months, while I'm preaching and teaching and working and buying pampers and milk, for six months, God did not allow me to run out of food in my house. The same five-pound bag of potatoes never grew the little things on them. The two cans of corn and peas and green beans, every time I got two, two was always there. The same half of a pound cake that I cut off every day and served when I put the little slice back in the freezer became my half a pound cake. The same pound of brown beef that I made lasagna and all of that with. Every day I had that pound left. The white chicken that I had in the refrigerator that I cooked 
chicken and dumplings and fried and barbecued and all of that. And people came to my house and eat dinner while we were serving, and I always set an empty plate on at my table. They came there. My bills was getting paid. My food never stopped. And then once I got caught up on my bill and Teresa now knew about Jesus and I wasn't going to let her boyfriend misuse her, he married her. And when I got on my feet, I sat down at the table with my daughter I said, and my boy and I said, Charlotte, when was the last time we bought groceries? It had been six months. This time when I went into the pantry and I got two cans, it was everything. They, they were there. I used the ground beef, and it was gone. And I used the chicken cooked, and it was gone. But God sustained me with food for six months. Can you imagine better? For six months. And I remember sharing that testimony with another pastor wife. And she said, now you know somebody came in your house and put that food in there. And I told her this. You don't know me. I said, I am living holy before God. Two wrongs don't make a right. And I value my body. And I'm not going to lay with a man to take care of my needs. If my dad can't supply my needs, wash her him. She still didn't believe me, but that was okay. To my whole household, they were in the miracle. So what I'm saying, if you cannot believe that God would bring food to your house, I ain't asking for him to multiply the food already there. But I'm saying, if you cannot believe that he will bring somebody to that door, question. You have to believe, God, that somebody will buy you a loaf of bread to eat. God, I just thank you that the, uh, for my loaf of bread, God. I just thank you, God. I thank you, God, that as I'm walking down the street, I find 50 cents, God. And I tithe on that and give an offering, oh, God. I believe that my food is there. Come on, somebody say, would you come over to my house for dinner? They said, by the way, I have a loaf of bread. Would you like that to go home with? Say, Glory, hallelujah. I know I'm right about that. So how do you get from down to faith? You have to trust him every step of the way. Amen? I, I just like this here. In John 20, verse 30 and 31, it says that many other signs trying that Jesus did in, in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. Are y'all there? I want you to look at this. Ready? In verse 31, it says what? But these are written, what? that ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing ye may have life through his name. I hear a lot of people all wrapped up, tied up in this one thing. You know, I want to know what miracles did Jesus do between him and the disciples. One day we'll find out. But he did enough that it should have whetted our appetite that we want to follow him and know that he is what? everything that we need. Amen? Amen. I said, I don't want to get into all of that. And, ooh, you think he did? He walked through the wall. That was good enough for me. Come on. I don't know about y'all, but it was good enough to me that he walked with them on the road to me. And they said, get out of That was enough for me. If he had come in through that wall and I'm sitting here eating, 
my Lord, my God. Thomas says, unless I see. One thing about Thomas, and I'm going to close and we're going to pick this back up, but I don't want to put this into your, into your mind because just, uh, I don't want to, it's too much nuggets here for me to stop, but I want to leave this with you. People talk about Thomas and his doubting and his faith. Amen? And they want to talk about, oh, doubting Thomas. I remember a song that I used to teach the kids uh, uh, back in the days when they say, don't be like doubting Thomas. Let's stand on God's promise. Why worry, 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 worry when you can pray. I don't know if y'all remember that, but anyway. Uh, man, amen. Was, one song I used to be over the children's department, and uh, back in the days I was teaching them that song. And then, you know, the more I read about Thomas, I quit singing it, you know. Why worry, worry, worry? Because that was all my, my, you know, thoughts about Thomas. Why did God choose him? And he just, you know, don't be like Donald and Thomas. You know, and then God said, Helen. He says, at one time, you was a doubting Thomas. And you were sitting up in church teaching Sunday school and teaching the kids and teaching the youth and teaching the enemies, and you were a doubting Thomas. But that shut me up right then and there. Amen? I mean, it did because we're all like that. But I want you to know this. Thomas, one of the disciples, brought the gospel to the people in India. It is because of Thomas that the light of Jesus Christ, the life of him, was brought to India. We never think about the work and the labor they did. He had just a doubting moment, but so do we. Well, to get from doubt to belief, Thomas had that doubt, but when he saw him, he says, my, my God, my Lord, my God. That impacted his life and changed him for all eternity. And this man, we hear about James and we hear about John. We hear about Paul. Thomas went to India. Paul, for man, from doubt to belief. We're going to pick this back up on next week. We're going to go back into this so that we'll know the steps by steps that we need to do in order to get to a place in Christ where we need to be. We're not just babies anymore. We've been in the Lord for more than 30 minutes. And we need to begin to walk in those things that we are taught. One thing that God has given, we read this Bible every day. It is our roadmap. It's our manual. And if you don't understand what you read, ask God. We just read that James says, if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, I'm free to give that to you. No holds barred. And you begin to say, Lord, uh, uh, help me to understand. It's a commitment that we're talking about this month. Lord, I commit to spending time with you. I'm going to commit to five minutes a day prayer. I'm going to commit to 15 minutes in reading. But the more you fall in love with someone, the more time you want to commit to them. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, 
you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.